everybody, Cable Smith, welcoming each and every one of you into episode 103 of Justified Pursuit. Great to be here with you. As always, the good counselor, Chisholm Cook, riding shotgun. Got a sweatshirt on, so uh, and so do I. It's got a little chilly in Texas. How are you guys doing? Okay. Um, trying to get over fall crud. Uh, we had a nice little flu come through. I guess only Sarah got sick with the flu, and Emily's had a, a bunch of allergies for a month plus that turned into a sinus infection, and they're both still feeling pretty crummy. But other than that, everything's good. Looking forward to Thanksgiving. And everybody's spreading COVID around, and then everyone's going to die because that's what COVID does. Uh, um, if any of it's been COVID in our house, we wouldn't know because we're not sticking those stupid swabs up our nose anymore. So. Right, right. Um, but did you see that uh, Pfizer and Moderna are now conducting their own studies to figure out if their shots cause myocarditis? No, I, no, I didn't see that. I saw where they kicked off long-term, uh, like a, like a long-term effect study or something like that. Mm-hmm. Which is, it's like know, uh, awesome letting corrupt cops investigate themselves, like. What are they going to find? Yeah. <laughs> uh, I predict that the research will say whatever the hell they want it to say, which will be, no, nah, they're fine for you. Keep taking them. We shall see. Um, there I are still people that are snowed they... in this country. We've talked about my buddy, my, the goalie on my soccer team, a few times over this pandemic. He definitely voted for Biden in 2020. In the last two years, he's woken up a little bit. And I, I mean, he voted red in the midterm. Yeah, his grocery bill probably has a lot to do with that. And I'm sure the. But I just asked him him on Monday night, and he said he's still getting the boosters because it's science. (laughs) (laughs) So there are still people just can't wrap their minds around it. I showed him the study of them investigating themselves. It's an extended release red pill. Yeah. Uh huh. Uh, Well, Aaron and I celebrated our 14 year anniversary yesterday. I saw. Yeah, I, I've avoided so any facial hair too. for the first time, and I don't know how long. Yeah, she said I look very young and handsome. Uh, I think she might just be blowing smoke up your ass, but that's cool. Well, part of her job. I mean, you do look yeah. young. She's been hoodwinked for fourteen years. Why stop re- now? Reasonably attractive. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so yes, that was that was nice. Uh, fourteen years of her putting up with me. Well, how long have you been married? Fifteen years. 17 17 way over chicked both of us good for us yeah we beat mm-hmm. the odds mm-hmm. uh so chisholm the red wave didn't materialize like we thought it would as far as possibly winning the senate i damn sure thought carrie lake was going to win arizona uh but the important thing and you hear all this all of this negativity and certainly uh, MSNBC and CNN are celebrating like they won the midterms. But right. the reality is we won. <laughs> so yeah, let's it, let's start there. It may not have been, uh, you know, a record-breaking tsunami, uh-huh. uh, but the Republicans definitely won. So yeah. let's talk about. Let's dive into that because the goal was to win. We we thought we would win the House, and we after. Some of the polling, like the last week before the midterms, were like, maybe we're going to win the Senate too. 
But all that really mattered was that we won one of them. That's right. I'm pretty sure I said that on here at some point, that all we need to do is win one. And if you go back to the beginning of this year, that's all anybody was really ever forecasting until about the last two weeks Mm -hmm. prior to the election. Right? It was for a lot of reasons. The main was it wasn't a good year for the Republicans to take the Senate based on the number of seats in play and where they were, right? Like I, I was listening to people making that point. I think there was only six Democrat House Senate seats even up for grabs, right? Mm-hmm. Whereas if I'm not mistaken, in the next go around, there's 30. Which we, we flipped one. Vance That's absolutely huge. slaughtered Tim Ryan. True. Yep. Ohio seems to be solidly red now versus its former swing state status, which is good because so is Florida. And we seem to be cobbling together a pretty staunch, you know, pretty, pretty tough uh, red wall by by some of these states converting. By the way, you and I were talking offline about Manchin. He is up again in 24. There's already yeah. a Republican candidate uh, Monday, maybe or the end that. of last week that threw his head. I think it was Monday. Yeah, that announced he would run against Manchin. I think he's going to lose. Manchin? Um, yeah. 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 Well, really we can do. only hope. And and Joe yeah. is, we've said for a while, you know, he was the most powerful man in America. But when he, you know, when he helped pass the Inflation Reduction Act, right? I lost a lot of respect. The Inflation for Creation Act. What's right. funny is we have a listener who we don't know from West Virginia who told us like at the beginning of the I guess that was already last year. Yeah. Right after the 2020, right after the 21 inauguration, he was like, you guys are back in the wrong horse mansions, you know, in it for himself. He'll turn coat on us in a heartbeat. You know, he's a Democrat. Well, the man held tough for a year and a half, but that dude was right. He caved. Uh, and now he looks like a fool. Yeah. Um, pretending like he didn't know that Biden's and the leftist cabal's plan all along was to, you know, shut down all our power plants. Right. Right. I mean, there's, and how's that going to go over for West Virginians? Like, not, they're going to be, they're going to be voting him out. They have to like, uh, but a lot of stuff surprised me still. Like, uh, and if you listen to Bongino, to Dan Bongino at all this past week, which I mean, I know you did, but if anyone else did, you heard him saying the term a lot. It's just not bad enough yet. Like how can New York still vote the way that they voted? Uh, crime is through the roof. You were locked down. You weren't allowed to go to the park. I mean, but I guess it's not bad enough. Inflation, not bad enough. Not hurting us in our wallets. Enough people aren't getting killed. But it's going to get worse before it gets better. And he, uh, you, you know, know, to me, the New York story is one of the successes, right? So I'm looking at, I'm looking at the uh, House results right now. The mm-hmm. results for the House of Representatives voting. The GOP picked up four House seats in the state of New York and didn't lose a single one that they held. It was plus I mean, four, four to zero GOP pickups. You won't see that on CNN. Three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven. Eleven House seats for the GOP versus one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen, fifteen. Eleven to fifteen. The uh, psycho governor won by something like five points when in years past she would have won by double digits 
right? And all of that, despite the fact that, you know, three out of every four actual conservatives in the state of New York in the last few years has left and moved right. to Florida, right? Like, look at that swing, considering how we all know that everybody with a dollar in their pocket that believes in freedom bailed out of that city in the last three years and moved to Florida. They still had a four-seat swing in the House and, you know, a massive reduction in their advantage in, in, in the govern, governor's seat, right? Mm-hmm. Like, New York was, I mean, and the people, the New York, New York papers have written it was a red wave in New York, you know? It just yeah. he's right. It wasn't bad enough like it was in the eighties when they, you know, really did actually start electing Republicans to like, you know, the mayor mayoral position. Yeah, Giuliani. Yeah. You know, they need a little bit more, you know, they they need to they need to chew on that curb a little bit harder, I guess. Yeah. Well, um, we did flip the local Nevada the back of their head good and hard in here in the next two years and <laughs> That just makes me think of American History X. Ugh, That's what I'm talking about. Chills through my veins. Terrible. Uh, we flipped Nevada, Terrible. the governorship there. We we knocked off an incumbent. Uh, so that was pretty cool. But also, I thought, just from looking Dude. at the, the rallies that Carrie Lake had, and then when you look at Hobbs' pictures, like, nobody's there. I, I thought she had a lot of momentum, and I, I was very surprised to see her lose. You know what's really and frustrating? Their about voting system's a joke. States like Nevada... And this isn't like Maryland was like this. Massachusetts was actually like this for a really long time. There are these states that vote Republican for all of their internal races because, uh, you know, the people of those states want their states to be run properly. Mm-hmm. But then they vote for Democrats at the federal level. So the state of Nevada got four House seats. Three of them went Democrat. Now, nothing flipped. It was three to one prior to last week, and it's still three to one. Every, you know, those four seats stayed exactly like they were, you know, but somehow they elect a governor, they flip the governor's seat red, they don't flip a single house seat, and, you know, he he lose the Senate. Highly contested Senate. Yeah. I don't like those states that selfishly elect Republicans to run their state and then send these uh, psychotic uh, Marxist to the capital in DC to ruin the country. Uh, so boo on you guys. Yes. Arizona's uh, vote counting process is a joke. Not as bad as California's. It's funny how like nobody even bothers to talk about what a joke. Ca- California's is the only state still outstanding. They've got, they're saying some of them that after Thanksgiving, they'll know the results. Yeah. And they're, they're upfront about that from day one. Like they say that it's on their, secretary of state website like don't expect our results to be finalized till december because we're going to make sure every vote counts one two three four five six seven seats still not decided there uh and as far as real clear politics is calling it there's only one other seat in the whole country that hasn't been settled and that's bobert's seat in colorado who's up by almost half a point mm-hmm. but is going to have to go through a recount so yeah, I mean, nobody even bothers to complain about California's absurd vote. It's just like everybody in the country knows, oh, they're just a joke. But Arizona, it's like, y'all should be able to do a better job than this. But alas, so Florida is the third most cannot. populous state in the country, and they had their election results in within like an Before hour. Midnight. Or so. Yeah, like immediately. So how do you, how does one state with more people than oh, it's Arizona? Just, it's really easy, dude. They don't, Florida starts 
in mid-October and counts their mail-ins as they're coming. Oh, that makes sense. Of course it does. And I think the argument against doing that is that if that information leaks, it can taint the election. I guess. I guess they are. That's the argument against it. Didn't seem to happen in Florida's case. Nobody. Yep. I never recall hearing that Florida was, you know, heading towards a, a true red tsunami. There's, you know, again, red wave. Look at it. Well, let's go back to. Okay. So, so back to the house vote, right? They're sitting at 217 to 208 right now. It takes 218 to have the majority. So the Republicans are one seat away from having power in the House. They will get that. Bobert alone gets them there. And of the six seats I mentioned in California, they're leading 53 to 47 in one. Uh, This one has seemed to have flipped. 52 to 52 and a half to 47 and a half in another. Here's one that's 54 to 46. So that's a nice lead. That makes three. Uh, yeah. And then wait, that one's already decided. The last one, the, I looked this morning. It, they're predicting 218 to 214 to be what they think will be the final. Not according to Real Clear Politics counts right now. It would be 221 to whatever that would be. 211. Uh, no, that wouldn't add up to 435. Be two that'd be two fourteen, right? Four thirty-five mm. minus boy, this is remedial math that I'm having to look up. <laughs> yeah, it would be two twenty. Are you sure you didn't see two twenty-one to two fourteen or two eighteen to two like oh nine or something like that? That math yeah. doesn't work out. So the the point is they're gonna have a majority. Anybody who's claiming it's gonna be a one seat majority, I think is full of crap unless California screws these these three, which certainly is possible. <laughs> But unless California screws these three incumbent Republicans that are leading right now, yeah, um, it should be more like 220 to 221 to yeah, 213 or 14, 14 or 15, I guess. Go back to go back to Arizona for a second. And the ridiculousness of Hobbs, who is the Secretary of State, which her office oversees the election, and she wouldn't recuse herself from overseeing the election that she's running in. I do not understand how we allow that conflict of interest to exist in such an important, any election really, but that on the surface is completely absurd and no one seemed to have a problem with it. I know. I know it's ridiculous. (laughs) I got nothing. Um, and then all of the voting machines at Maricopa County, which carry like mm-hmm. one. Supposedly like in red areas. Just stopped working. That. People left the lo- like waiting in lines for hours. I no, Nevada's think... a mess. There's no doubt. Nevada is... Um... Arizona. Yeah, that's, that's, that's the one I'm talking about. Arizona. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Um, so here's the thing, though. The Democrats have weaponized this mail-in voting system how do we as conservatives utilize that to our advantage or can we because that's why that's why they that's why they kind of thwarted what would have been a complete tsunami yeah i mean they're either for for now they're just gonna have to get with the program right Uh, you know you know dude i don't know like i'm trying to collect some thoughts here 
we say that right but you know i was talking to somebody after 2020 was like you know how could the cheating all go one direction both sides have always been guilty of cheating Mm -hmm. so like why are we so convinced the republicans aren't getting some mail-ins again i didn't even finish my thought dude so they're at 217 to 208. It's going to, I think, going to finish somewhere between 220 and 221 to 214 to 215, right? So they're going to have a solid six, seven seat majority. That's a win. Mm-hmm. But then, and I texted you about this after we recorded last week, about Wednesday or Thursday of last week, the generic national house vote, as Real Clear calls it, began getting reported. This is the total vote nationwide in the House of Representatives, right? So this is comparable to when the Democrats like to say, we won the popular vote for the presidency by two and a half million votes. See, we're so loved, right? But they lose the electoral college in the Trump election in 2016 and the Bush election in 2000, right? But they claim to have won the popular vote. Well, First of all, it doesn't matter and i'll caveat that it doesn't necessarily really matter totally in this either but well i would argue that it does matter in the house and i'll get to why the popular vote is irrelevant in the in in the in the in in our constitutional republic for the presidential election because as we know you win a state and you get the number of apportioned electoral votes for that state right and if you just took New York City, L.A., and Chicago out of the equation, they would never win the popular vote. Right. The margins in those three cities alone make up that two and a half million ballots, right? But they love to lean on that, and they're all about true majority rule democracy, right? So it kind of fits into their whole concept. I mean, the whole concept of the Democrats is like majority rule, not Republican, Repub- not a constitutional representative democracy right yeah they would rather just be able to say we have 50.1 we won right well you can use that logic against them right now because as it stands according to real clear politics at this moment the republicans won 52 million 951,311 uh votes to the Democrats, 48,773,539. So just shy of 53 million people voted for Republicans in the House nationwide versus 48.8. They have a 4.2 million vote advantage in the House of Representatives for a 51% to 47.1% uh, margin of victory. They actually got a full 1% majority, 51% of every vote cast in the House of Representatives went to the Republicans. And the Democrats, did, they didn't, they're, they're not even at 49. They're at 47.1. So that left 2% out there for independents, libertarians, and others, right? That's a butt kicking. Right now, it's 3.9% margin. It just changed while I was looking at it. Uh, side note, what do you think about those people that, that vote? independent or libertarian or because i just think they're throwing their vote away like 100 percent. you can say oh we're going to change things well yeah enough people have to actually do it and historically in this country enough people never have so stop throwing your damn votes away you know that's i think it's they didn't in this case capable they managed to snag two percent of the house of representatives okay 
I don't think they threw their vote away. You could so, maybe argue that in the presidential election where the Republicans and the Democrats have rigged the system literally after um, what's his name up there in Dallas threw his hat in the ring in the 90s, Perot, Perot right? Yeah. Then they the Republicans and the Democrats colluded together to say, we'll never allow this again. You have to have 10% of the vote to get on a debate stage so we can't have a Ross Perot napalm the whole process, right? Mm. But I guess my point is, in the House of Representatives, that's exactly where you should throw that kind of thing together, right? Because you should be voting for somebody that you kind of maybe know because they're like from your district, right? Sure. That you've at least heard of, that maybe yeah, you're three people there are move like, from, right? Well, I don't know how many independents there are in the House, but there are, I mean, there are a couple. So I guess it's yeah. like, it could happen, but. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't disagree with you at the at the, at the the presidential governor, level. You could argue it's. Uh, yeah, you're, you're blowing smoke up your ass. But it makes you feel good to do it. So whatever. There's people who with a good conscience just like, I just can't vote for Trump. So I'm going to vote independent for someone that has no chance of winning. There's a lot to talk about Trump today, but let's finish this first. So good news on the House. We actually got 51% of the vote nationwide. Yep. That, I, I will admit see it's what it, trickling downward, but it doesn't look like they'll go, go below 50. They should have a, a majority of the House votes. What was, I wonder what that number was in 2020. Uh, I bet I can look that up. Yeah, look that up because I want, this, will, this might help walk people back from the ledge. Because I would be shocked. Oh, it's if important, it dude. If it I wasn't mean, a 2 to 3% lead for the left, you know, I'd be surprised. And, and you know, if it was 49.5 for the Republicans to 49.2 with a 0.7 going for independence, that'd be one thing, right? But they want a majority. Right. They don't, I mean, the, the, again, the Democrats would tell you, see, that's why we always deserve to be the president, because we always meant a majority. With, like, 50% fewer votes, the Republicans turned out and won a majority, right? Mm -hmm. Oh, cool. Here it is. Maybe. Maybe. Well, while you're doing that, I've got another uh, note of, sig of significance. Okay. We, we got Beto defeated for the third time in Texas. Would you like to take a guess at how much money that moron has spent on his, his three failed campaigns? It's like 80 million bucks. 175 million. Oh, well. Just 80 million on this one, I guess, huh? 175 million dollars he's thrown away. That is good investing on behalf of the Democrats. Will he, will he go away now or do you think he's going to What is the future for a guy who's lost 3 times and on every level? Uh, I think he's done. I think he's done done, which is a shame because as I, I'm on record saying, keep running, bro. <laughs> keep wasting their money and keep running in Texas, please. It was I, an ass kicking. I, 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 I he lost he... by what? 9 to, 9 or 10 points? Uh, yeah, yeah, he it, got was, it was a good, solid butt kicking for sure. And Stacey Abrams, the other media darling that they've chosen to run for governor in the uh, on the left, she got slaughtered as well. And she's basically George's version of Beto, yeah, yeah, probably worse. Uh, I can't seem to figure out what that vote total looked like in 2020. Um, first time on the internet. No, I just, I don't, dude, I, when I saw it pop up the other day, it was the first time I'd ever even seen it reported. So I'm, I'm saying like, I don't know. Huh. Uh, I don't know that it was being tracked before that. Of course it's being tracked. Let's see if this thing shows you know us. how many people are voting each way. 
Okay. If you can't, it seems find like. It. Oh, here we go. Here's the popular vote. Yeah, the Democrats in the 2020 election won 77 and a half million to the Republicans 72 point uh, eight, basically 50, 50.8 to 47.7. So, so it's yeah, been like totally said, flipped. Points. They kicked our ass. Right. And now we're looking at a four point swing the other direction. Pretty significant. Major. It's major, yeah. dude. Plus, as you know, you and I have texted with each other. The 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 races nobody are talking about are uh, like board of education seats. I mean, there's an article in the New York in New York Magazine about how the board of education in New York got hammered by Republican candidates. That's the case all across the country. Nobody's talking about it because it doesn't fit the narrative of oh, the red wave was a red ripple, ripple and the Democrats actually won. They're lying. If you Google it, you'll find articles about how, wow, Republicans for the first time in like a half a century dominated these board of education seats. That's huge because that's where the problem starts. It just wasn't a good year for the Senate map. Two years from now will be a much better year for the Senate map. But, you know, a 4% majority in the House of Representatives voting is a 4% majority. You know, you might want to say, well, it didn't really translate to that big of a win in the House, right? Well, first of all, all you need is 218. You need one seat majority. Mm -hmm. 4% of 435 would be 17 seats, right? They are going to have more like a, you know, like a seven or eight seat majority, right? Well, Maybe part of that is, as I pointed out already, you had so many conservatives leave blue areas to head to red areas that that pumped up that popular vote and didn't have an equal percentage change in the the seats themselves. Does that make sense? Are you right. tracking what I'm saying, right? Like, yeah. In theory, if you've got a 4% margin, you should have a 17% seat margin. But what that showed was Republican districts had strong, strong turnout for a midterm, right? But they also did flip a net so far, uh, seven plus seven. They needed net plus five. They're at net plus seven. Mm. And if even that, right? Well, if they only needed plus five to flip the house and they're at plus seven right now, that means that they went they they overshot the margin needed to flip the house by 40%. I mean it's 2 out of 5, right? Yeah. But you know, that's the damn that's why there's, you know, lies, damn lies and statistics, right? I could absolutely, I'm doing it right now, spin this whole thing in a different direction than the media is spinning it and be like, turns out the Republicans won 40% more house seats than needed to flip the house. That sounds right. pretty that freaking impressive like when you say that. Two. Damn right. Yeah. Yep. Sounds a lot more than two. Right. Exactly. Two seats. But yeah. I mean, that's, you know, when you're in a divided country, which, you know, people say, oh, it's the most divided it's ever been. No, it's not. Country's always been divided pretty equally, half 50 50. And the part of the reason for that is that half the population has a liberal leaning mindset and half the population has a conservative leaning mindset because those are kind of the two primary mindsets. Yeah, but I don't think, no, I think that uh, tribalism is definitely more prevalent than ever. Like, you could absolutely hate the candidate and hate the policy. And still, people are voting straight Democrat. 
They're doing it. I, I, well, I mean, they're just, they yeah, are. But, like my brother and sister-in-law came over for uh, the Cowboy game this weekend. And we had, you know, some interesting conversations on all of it. But, I mean, nobody likes Biden. But if he runs, they'll, they'll vote for him. So by liberal meaning mindset, I mean the stuff Jordan Peterson talks about, about like trait openness, right? Versus mm-hmm. like trait conscientiousness, right? Those two, those are, so in psychology, there's something called the big five personality uh, measures, right? And so, so, you know, there's like, well, let me look those up. You can map those personality traits against people's voting preferences right big five personality traits and so each one is a spectrum right there's there's five traits and then there's a spectrum of like while you're doing that openness to experience conscientiousness extroversion agreeableness and neuroticism those are the the big five so that like in neuroticism you have sensitive nervous on one end of the spectrum and resilient and confident on the other in conscientiousness, you have efficient and organized versus extra extravagant and careless on open to experience. You have inventive and curious versus consistent and cautious. So each one of these, those polar opposites tend to tell you how somebody's going to vote, right? If you're the kind of person like maybe the ones you just mentioned who, uh, are, uh, you know, like inventive and curious and outgoing, and energetic and friendly and compassionate and sensitive and nervous, then you're probably going to buy the Democrats bullshit about racism. And you're probably not conscientious enough. Um, maybe efficient and organized enough, maybe critical and rational. That's on agreeableness, critical and rational enough to study the news and realize that they're lying to you. Mm. Oh, let so me it's not. I mean, it's it's it's. Tri- I don't think it starts with tribalism. I think it starts with worldview, right? How do you perceive the world? Mm-hmm. If you're not critical and rational on the scale of agreeableness, you're more friendly and compassionate, and not a boat rocker. Well, you're a Democrat voter, man. Yeah, because that's what they prey on. They prey on your compassion, and they try to cloud your reason and your judgment. Right. But they can't do that to somebody who's wired to be critical and rational. Like, I've always been, I mean, a little bit on, I, I could see it sort of on both sides of the spectrum, but I, my, my MO has always been to question authority, which I think had some to do with why I was, quote, liberal in my 20s, because in Texas in particular, conservatism was the authority, right? As my world has expanded and as, as I've started having kids and I've started to see beyond my immediate bubble now i'm bucking the other direction right Mm. rash you know criticizing and being critical of everything we're told but anyway so i want to say this though because in that conversation you know i was talking to my brother and and i go back to this a lot with people it's like they want to paint trump as this white supremacist and he's a bigot and i'm like okay Show me the racist thing that Trump said. Show it to me. We'll have the conversation. And he pulled up some quote, I guess, where Trump called third world country shitholes. And I'm like, okay, but is that is that a racist thing to say? And he said, well, what do you think of when you think of a third world country? And I said, Africa. And he goes, you mean black people? I said, no, I think of Africa because it's the poorest continent 
on the face of the world. It isn't. It's regardless of skin color. You think of a shithole country. I've been to Africa five times. It's a real shithole. It has nothing to do with the color of the people's skin. The, the, color, the people there are wonderful people. But guess what? They're also the poorest people in the world. And a lot of those countries are shitholes. I've, I've been to South America. I've been to Central America. There's some shithole countries there, too. It doesn't mean it, uh, there's shithole countries in, in Europe, too. Third world countries. Yeah, he's been groomed. It's an adjective to describe the status of a country as regardless of the, right. the, the color of the people's skin. So I don't count that as a legitimate uh, example of Trump saying something racist. Now, Trump has no tact. Maybe saying that a country is a shithole, not the best thing to say, but I don't, it's not a racist description by any by any stretch of the imagination for me. I agree completely, but that's what he's been. He's been right. He's been groomed to interpret it that way. Everybody's racist. Every white person is racist. Every white person is a, uh, you know, a a white supremacist who just like the only reason that the white countries are rich is because they stole everything from the black countries. Although there's a little bit of truth to that and it's still ongoing. Um, That's the way the world. So yeah, if you criticize those countries and conquer, that's the well no no that's so the only like reason i pointed out dude, based the only re- conquering other tribes the reason i pointed countries. out is because in the left in this country and in the in the the left in in the global in in western society likes to talk all about colonialism right and the evils of of colonialism and you know white supremacy spreading through colonialism while simultaneously they're all forcing us to drive battery operated cars and they're going to black and brown countries to steal their lithium and cobalt. Right. Right. Asinine. Or, you know, Bill Gates, the greatest philanthropist of all time, goes to Africa and tests his vaccines out on black pregnant women to see how many of their babies die. Yeah. Facts. Look it up. LA Times reported about it 13 years ago. It's in our show notes. So, well, yeah. So Maybe- let's talk about let's talk about Trump, though. Because what we all agreed on, uh, my wife and my brother, sister-in-law, is that Trump has to go. Like, yeah. And you and I have been talking about this for a while. Like, if Trump runs, four I will star, vote for Four him. star and I were talking about it today. Well, he is running. And that's the, that's the point. He announced on Tuesday that he is going to run in 2024. And he it wasn't a surprise. He'd been leaking out little, I'm going to make a big announcement next week post on on truth social or whatever i'm not even on there but he's been doing that so it's no surprise he's having a party at his mar-a-lago place and of course this was what the party was all about how tone deaf is that mfr though because i believe that we're losing potential voters because of trump derangement and you've got a very important senate runoff taking place on december 6th in georgia where our man Herschel Walker is going up against the abortion pastor. And Trump didn't do him any favors. And it just shows you that it's all about him and his ego. That's, that's more important than the party. And if it's more important than the party, then to me, it's more important than the country. Because I think the party is what's going to save the country. So here we have an egotistical maniac saying he's going to run for president. And you told me, we ha- I, w- I was driving to the Deer Lease this past weekend and we were on the phone and you're like, no, dude, 
DeSantis, more Americans are going to back DeSantis. And I said, go read the comments on this Breitbart post. And it was, dude, he, Trump is like a demigod to a lot of these people. Like he yeah, can I do mean, no you're talking, wrong. Dude, I, I get where you're coming from. I get where you're coming from, but keep in mind your sample size, right? The same with how polls are error, you know, have errors. You're talking about a Breitbart news article comments section, right? Okay. Well, it should to me. It should to be clarify like 50, that, right? 50. Hey, so half of them are like, no, we're, I mean, we're for DeSantis, but dude, no, you're dealing with a subset of of anti woke MAGA people for sure. But, but it still Bright shocked Bart, you because you responded like, wow. Yeah, I mean, it was pretty overwhelming for sure. Yeah. So we and I are both agree. Trump needs to go. Thank you for what you did. It's time to move on. You set the stage. And a lot of his, a lot of Trump-backed candidates didn't do very well in the midterms. And that's why I think it's a problem for Herschel Walker because of that derangement. And, and, and we've, we've documented Trump wasn't dealt a fair hand. A lot of this is because he felt like he got screwed at every turn, and he did. He did get screwed. But that's in the past. He's also what he'll be. Will he be 80 by then? So now we've got another potential vegetable. I mean, he he's sharp now, but we also all agree that there needs to be like a bam, 70 years old, can't run for president. It's got to be some kind of age limit. Look, uh, a hapless dummy couldn't even read off a note card. I mean, this is in, at the G2 summit in front of the entire world. This is why we're nervous. This guy's supposed to be president for the next two years. And some Democrats want to see another four. <laughs> I mean, I don't see how that's possible. But when it came time for Joe to read from the note card, he had a little trouble. Um, uh, I got hard trouble reading this. Reuters, uh, the tangent about both. Yeah. Couldn't even read from the note card right in front of him. Yikes. Yeah. That was Jesse Waters, by the way, if you didn't pick up on who that was talking. But uh, yeah. So that's another strike against Trump because look at what this is. Look at age is definitely playing a huge factor in the demise of, of that man's mental faculties. And it very easily could happen to Trump, who'd be late seventies and certainly by the if he was to win, be in his eighties. I don't want that. Yeah, dude, I, he he needs to go away. My hope is he threw his hat in there way too early, and um, he won't have the uh, stamina to get all the way there. Whether it's actual stamina because he'll be eighty or you know, political stamina because people will get tired of backing uh, egomaniacal loser over a guy who could actually win in DeSantis. So I guess we'll see. Two more years of chaos one way or another, but that was the case before Trump threw his hat in the ring because, you know. He's he's just toned up. He has no tact. Why does Dan Bongino Dude, continue well, you to support said him? He, because they're in bed together financially. Mm-hmm. I think that's Period. important to point out. Like, I can't... I, I agree. Just, I listen to the guy. I, I think I, I said that on our show takes. when I first started listening to him, that that there's something, this guy's got some agenda and I hadn't figured it out yet. Well, over the course of the next year, as I learned more about his investment in Truth Social and his investment in Rumble and the partnerships between Rumble and Truth Social and all these other, quote, new media platforms, I was like, oh, okay, I get it. Mm-hmm. Trump is their 
Trump is their marketing, right? Period. Like Truth Social doesn't exist without Trump truthing on it or whatever, right? Mm -hmm. So yeah, he's, you know, and listen, maybe he also really believes that Trump is a wrecking ball who's going to drain the swamp and, and all that sort of stuff. But, you know, he's certainly a fan of DeSantis. He's trying to claim that this is all for show, I guess, and that they're not really at odds with each other. Um, you know, I listened to a very interesting take on this from Tim Pool, who was like, you know, everybody always likes to claim Trump's playing four-dimensional chess, right? Trump knows that the, a certain segment of conservative uh, Americans will not vote for him. He knows that the left will counter and fight against every single thing he ever says and does. What if Trump actually, what if his actual motivation is to be the punching bag for DeSantis? So Trump starts attacking DeSantis. He just drives the never Trumpers further towards DeSantis, right? He'll turn off some moderates who just want to win like us, right? He'll put the left in a position where a year ago they were saying, DeSantis is more dangerous than Trump because he's competent. That's my that's in those conversations I just had, they said they they're more afraid of DeSantis. Your family? Yeah. Like he's he's smart. Yeah. They're wary of him. Because <laughs> they'll fight for their freedom and they don't like their freedom. <laughs> anyway. Irony, <clears throat> irony, irony. They point is now Trump starts, he throws his hat back in the ring and he starts going at DeSantis from day one. Hmm. Where does that leave the media? Do they take Trump's side and say, yep, DeSantis is the devil? Do they ignore DeSantis, which keeps him clean and focus all their ire on Trump? Yeah. Or do they actually argue with against Trump, which would be how they've handled 99% of everything else that he's ever said? There's. I never liked the Trump is a grandmaster genius chess player mindset. Um but I also have a hard time arguing it mm -hmm. from time to time. This looks, I don't know, man, it, to, to think that someone with that big of an ego is, is willing to put that up there as the sacrificial lamb, AKA a punching bag for the betterment of the party. Ooh, that's a hard sell for me, bro. But, I mean, but you know. have to keep in mind, dude, again, I, I read, I read the man's book that he wrote 30 years ago. He believes to the bone there's no such thing as bad publicity. Yeah. He, as long as he's in the limelight, dude, I, I said this the other day, he's a heel, meaning like a wrestling WWE heel. And he always has been, always has been. So, by, like, willfully, right? Like, like the day he rode down the escalator and he said that Mexico's sending us rapists. That was a heel move. When he said I could shoot somebody on Fifth Avenue and these people would still vote for me. He, he's always been a heel that spits in the eye of his adversaries, but does so so bombastically that he gets him print. Dude, read, read the art of the deal. He was a heel in every one of the deals he ever worked against somebody using the media to either play the heel himself or turn his adversary into the heel. Right. One of the Rockefellers was one of them. He was mayor of New York at the time. And he was he turned Rockefeller into a bad guy by, you know, 
all every dirty trick he could find, leaking information to the New York Post and blah blah blah. Right? Maybe he doesn't really care if he gets elected again. All he wants to do is continue to be a household name. If he was coming out right now and said, saying, everybody get ready to vote for Ron DeSantis two years from now, it wouldn't have any sustaining ability for him to continue to be in the headlines. That would cause him to drift into obscurity if he just handed the reins off well, like we, like we want him to, right? You're, you're selling me this stuff, but I'm also looking at the timing of it. And then we have this important Senate race in Georgia on December 6th. And we know that he alienates potential voters, so why not wait until after that? I think the most likely thing is that he's such an egomaniac, he has no control over himself. I think that's what it is. I guess I'm also saying maybe there's some 4D chess going on, and even if it's not deliberate, it can potentially turn out to be beneficial in 2024. Maybe not in Georgia, but you you say it's impactful. It ain't that big of a deal. I mean, it would be, it, it, I shouldn't say that because locking down is. the Senate seat for six years and flipping it is, is a big deal and it would certainly be preferable to not winning it, but it's not nearly as big a deal as if Lexall had won. Right, which that sucked. Yeah. But also ridiculous voting measures going, I mean, the way that they're conducting that in Nevada, how do we not find out for a week? He's winning, winning, winning. Oh, we lost. A week yep. later. A week later. It's absurd. It doesn't, and here's why it's absurd. I want them to get the counts right. Every American does, but it doesn't portray a level of trust to the general public when someone's winning, 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 and then you just have all these votes come in over the, it could be all at once or it could be, you know, over the course of five days. It just makes that, it casts a shadow of doubt that right or wrong, it could be avoided if you just cleaned it up. It's ludicrous. Um, what did you think about Tim Scott saying he's going to challenge McConnell? I hadn't seen that. I love it. Good. Came out today. Good. McConnell says he will beat him. And he seems Dude. to be very... Apparently, that was another thing that was going on and the GOP was McConnell lobbying everyone for votes, whether they took the Senate or not, to make sure that he retained his position. Oh, I would love yeah, to see meanwhile, he wasn't providing any funding to Lexalt or uh, or Masters in... Dude, that guy... He's a cuck? Yeah. Yeah. He needs to go. Uh, I have some more interesting updates. So we were looking back at the 2020 election, right? Yep. And we, I just explained, there was a, a three million vote lead for the Repu- for the Democrats that that election, and now it's a four million for the Republican. Guess what it was two years prior in twenty eighteen? No idea. They won by ten million in twenty eighteen. Oh. Let's go back a couple more times. Twenty sixteen U.S. House elections. This is very interesting to me. I bet it's not 10 million. I bet you the 2018 was a peak because of Trump alienating so many people. They lost the popular vote by 2.6 million, 2. Point, no, I'm sorry, 2. Point like 4 million in we, 2016. We but one, but the Republicans lost the popular vote for the House uh-huh. by 2.6 million in 2016, yet won the House. 
That's weird. But Won you it saw with the 200. Holy crap. You saw that, though. You saw what you just said. 2016, two point whatever million. And then under Trump, 2018, they went up by 7 million. That's not a coincidence. That's Trump derangement, 100%. Yeah, well, and that was what you would expect in a midterm election, right? They've always said you lose the midterms. The, the, the incumbent president's party loses the midterms, right? But look at the trend, right? 2016, they lose by 2.3 million, 4 million, but actually have 241 seats in the House. A landslide. Mm -hmm. So they lost the popular vote by over two and a half, almost, yeah, almost two and a half million, but had, but had a, freaking what is that a, a 24 seat majority mm -hmm. i mean really it was actually a, a 47 seat majority and who will be oh, that is the one that is the one oh, cool exciting thing is we not we're not gonna have to deal with pelosi like bye you're out of the spotlight who but the main be, thing is so who so, will be the gop majority leader mccarthy already won it uh, he did so it went yeah, it went from 2.4 million in 16, losing to the Democrats, 10 million, almost 10, in 18. Then it started to contract back where they only lost by uh, five, roughly, in 2020 million. Then they won by four plus million this, this time so far. Four and a half. Dude, that is like... That's where they're lying to us. They're talking about a wave happening as a single individual election, but you're talking about a 15 million voter swing in the last four years. From negative 10 million to plus four and a half million. That's huge, dude. And I'm going to give you an example of why that is happening. So... You know who, you know, Eric Swalwell, Representative Swalwell. <laughs> did you see yeah. his tweet this week? Um, did it have anything to do with uh, shagging a Chinese spy? No, 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 no. It has to do with uh, your children don't belong to you. They belong to us. It didn't go over very well. I'm going to read it to you. Um, he's taken a lot of heat for it. So Eric Swalwell, who mocked the notion of parents making major decisions in their education of their children, tweeted out uh, the California Democrat insisted that it's akin to, quote, putting patients in charge of their own surgeries, clients in charge of their own trials. Swalwell declared, please tell me what I'm missing here. This is so stupid. That didn't sit well with parents. <laughs> putting yeah, patients I mean... in charge of their own surgeries. Oh, by the way, uh, your child can come to our state. And if they're 13 years old, we'll uh, cut their breasts off without your permission. Yeah, there was a one of the major teachers unions published some posted a tweet or a couple of days ago too that said that nobody how did it put it? Parents or teachers love their students and know more than anybody about what they need to thrive. Oh yeah, dude, I saw that. Yeah. NBC scrubbed a story last week with no explanation. The reporter, Miguel Almaguer, hasn't appeared on the airwaves in two weeks. He was the one that reported the Paul Pelosi attack story 
Dude, he said on there that Pelosi answered the door. The cop said, is everything okay? He said, yes. Everything is fine. And then the guy attacked him. Then the cops helped pull the guy off, blah, blah, blah. So, but that's not what they said happened. They said they were called and, you know, found him unconscious or whatever. So basically the guy, and and he was reading and there were screenshots. I watched the report that was scrubbed of the uh, police report. Paul Pelosi was fine when they got there. Right. But they turned it into this guy in his underwear, some ultra right wing MAGA person broke into his house and smacked him in the head with a hammer. But he read the truth and he has not been allowed on the air. And they have issued no explanation. It's just gone. They haven't retract like said, hey, this is what was wrong with this story. This was the inaccuracies. They just pulled it. So everything we said about the Paul Pelosi thing is true. He invited the guy in. Whether they were having some gay lover thing going on, no idea. Don't really care. I don't, but here's the thing. Why else would the guy be there? Why like why is why is he there? Yeah, it's been reported that they were friends. Like they knew each other prior to this incident. Mm. Uh okay. So anyway, I wanted to mention that because again, no accountability from the left ever. Not that the not that conservatives don't do the same thing, but this this story appears to be what we we said it was. Uh, I almost, you know how much I love soccer, Chisholm. I almost decided not to watch the U.S. men's national team and support them when they went all gayed out and decided to rainbow up the American flag, which is despicable in every way, shape, or form. Are we one country or not? And if we are, then why are we putting the colors of 5% of the population on our, like taking the place of our national crest, the red, white, and blue? Again, pandering pride, dude. It's so you know what's even more frustrating than that? The rainbow is the side of God, sign of God's covenant. The LGBTQ mafia has stolen a Judeo-Christian symbol that's uh, as old as the Bible. Mm-hmm. Well, they stopped short of putting it on the jersey for the actual games, so I am going to watch the games. <laughs> because they have I a line the they haven't Cup. quite crossed it that's good no they, they pretty much crossed it but it's like uh i don't i couldn't watch it if it was on the it was actively on the jersey while they're competing it damn near made me not want to watch it anyway but they are gonna they're not gonna do anything in the world cup they suck so i'll be cheering for brazil after they're knocked down anyway but i just i just don't understand and this, and it goes back to like my friend my hunting guide Carl in Africa being like, I don't understand why the majority panders to the minuscule minority in your country. It makes no sense. Um, it's called virtue signaling, man. It's how you show you're a good person. Hmm. Uh, I prefer the uh, patriotic side of things. So give me the red, white, and blue and take your rainbow flag and shove it right up your stupid ass because I don't need to see it. And that doesn't mean that I don't care because I do. I, I don't care what you do. I'm happy for if you, if you're homosexual, I am glad that our country affords you the right to marry whoever you want to, to be in love with whoever you want to. I'm, I'm happy for you. Yeah, but, but I don't need it shoved in my your, effing face to, nonstop not, you all have, the time. You must comply, dude. 
you must view the world like they do. Because you know somehow, somehow that's called being a liberal. You know what it does, though? It has the opposite effect for someone like me. It just makes me be like, when you keep throwing it in my face, it's always present for me. Where if you just left it alone, out of mind, out of sight, I don't care. Do what you do. You do you, man. Great. I'm happy for you. But when you keep shoving it down my throat, I'm going to have some resentment that you keep doing it. Do you feel the same way or are you just indifferent by the whole thing at this point? Absolutely, I feel the same way. I feel the same way about the race conversation, too. I think the way that they're handling racism is creating actually new racism for the first time in about 40 years in this country. And I think they do it on purpose. Mm -hmm. I I think they antagonize conservatives um, so they can make them out to be the bad guy. They antagonize them so that they feel the need to stand up for themselves. And then when they stand up to themselves, they become, you know, right wing radicals who are dangerous and that give and they become the public enemy. That's exactly what they did to the angry people on January 6th. That's what they're doing to anybody who dares stand up against the, you know, critical race theory and LGBTQ mafias, you know, you're not allowed to have a difference of opinion on this. And if you do, you're a dangerous uh, domestic extremist. That's all by design, man. They're doing exactly to people like you and I right now what they did to the Jews in the 30s in Nazi Germany. And I hate going there. It feels and sounds cliche to say it, but it's also perfectly true. We're going to poke y'all. We're going to rile y'all up. We're going to make it so that you have to stand up for yourselves. And when you dare to do so, then you're the evil bigot. They did the same thing with, I mean, literally the the right to self-defense, right? If you Mm -hmm. defend yourself with a gun against a, you know, intruder who may or may not be the opposite skin color, then, you know, how, how dare you shoot this person who, you know, just needed to steal something for bread or whatever. Right. Yeah. Shouldn't even have the right to be able to do that. They actually question whether you should have the revealed right to kill another person in your own self-defense. And it's like in your own home. Right. Oh, uh, so I'm glad I live in Texas. Uh, you want to own guns for that purpose, then you're a radical. Mm-hmm. And, you know, somehow your gun is the reason why other guns are used in crimes. When I grew up, Tism, I remember in high school, even before that, my dad would get the Dallas Morning News. And if I, if I was up in time, I would read it while I ate my cereal. And by read it, I mean, I would look at the headlines, but mostly I would go to the sports page and check the box scores of my favorite teams. And and if I didn't get it at home, I'd go to the school library because they always had the Dallas Morning News. And there I would take time to to read through it. And it pains me that it has become as woke of a leftist rag as Texas Monthly. Because I, I came across this and I posted it on our uh, on our Justified Pursuit Instagram you know, follow it if you want to. Uh, so Dallas News Instagram page. The title is, and yeah, the title is how Texas drag queens formed a new front in the LGB2, uh, LGBT culture war. And their posts, this is the text from their post. Across the nation, drag shows have become targeted by protesters and politicians who demand that kids be banned from these events. While the number of protesters typically remains small, 
their cause enjoys the backing of some of the state's most powerful politicians. Texas Attorney General Ken Paxton, who recently won re-election, called for the shutdown of all-ages drag shows. Good for Ken Paxton. I support that. The news spoke with six Texas drag queens who performed at events targeted by protesters this year. And this is what one drag queen named Salem Moon had to say. It's an attack on queers, and they're using children as a hiding mechanism. And I can see right through them. I still had the Dallas Morning News subscription online. It's since been canceled. Yeah. Good. I know. The, I saw that. I can't remember if you so sent it to me if I saw it. The irony of they're using kids. No, no, no. What's what's actually happening is you're trying to indoctrinate kids and we're trying to protect them. Two plus two equals five. Yep, and as I've pointed out before, there were scholarly articles being written by radical professors about this at least as far back as 1984. Just a coincidence. That they went full woke retard. Yeah, well, I mean, no, they went full, you know, woke revolutionary. Um, they didn't go there. They always were that. If Republicans ever get like control of the world <laughs> again and we get to re- rewrite words and redefine them, I hope that retard is the synonym for woke. Never go for retard. <laughs> it's a pretty good comparison. I think that is extremely offensive to retarded people, and not because you use the word retard, but because you, you use it as synonymous with woke. <laughs> I, I accept, and I don't mean to offend anyone that is uh, mentally retarded in the process. True. Controlling the language is their whole MO, just... I mean, Orwell told us this 70 years ago. That's how they do it. I don't have anything else other than I don't know what's going on in Pennsylvania. Because <laughs> they, speaking of people with, <laughs> with, with <laughs> serious. That word uh, made you think of Fetterman, huh? Mental. Is that not what you're talking about? <laughs> well, it's funny that you just could. I, I wasn't trying to make that point, but yes, it does make absolute sense. The connection that you just drew there. <laughs> People with serious mental uh, handicaps. Yeah. They like to elect bumbling idiots on that side. It's amazing. They looked at a dead guy. I saw that. They looked at a dem- dead Democrat and then a uh, brain dead, I guess, Democrat who technically has a pulse. Mm-hmm. Pretty awesome. Is that what you were talking about? Or is there something else going in Pennsylvania that I'm not? No, just I, I, I couldn't. I thought that was going to be one that we had a chance to win. And uh, I guess Dr. Oz was just so unlikable that they went with the mentally deficient candidate in Fetterman. And it wasn't really even close. He won by like five or six points. I know. But Philadelphia is the blue part, which is... Take out out the Philly part, and you've pretty much got a nice conservative state. Yeah. So definitely if you take out Philly and Pittsburgh. But I I have a feeling... I don't think Pittsburgh is... I I think Pittsburgh has a little more history of like the blue-collar... It did, but it became. I was reading articles like already almost ten years ago. I feel like about how Pittsburgh had become this like hipster mecca. Really? Mm-hmm. Yep. Hipsters like steel mills. Well, they don't. And, I mean, a lot of that stuff. Hipsters gone. don't like hard work. A lot of that stuff is gone and been mills. cleaned up. It's a different. It's a different city now. Hmm. Do you have anything else? Uh no. I don't either. I don't think so. Don't either. It's been a crazy week, up and down, up and down, and 
again, it goes back to these stupid election processes. Like it should all be done on the same day. Everyone should know the results. But I think, like I said, it just uh, portrays a level of potential mistrust. It's not a good look. And it seems like, and, and here's the other thing. It seems like the left ends up winning the important ones where it takes forever to count the votes. That's probably just a coincidence, but I'm just saying. Sure does feel that way, doesn't it? Yeah, it sure does. Isn't that weird? I hope that Carrie Lake isn't done. I really liked her. I was super disappointed about that one. That she had a lot of charisma and spunk, and I think she would have been a good leader. Seems like it. No crying over spilled milk. Uh, wait, end on a high. We tend to do that a lot. I'll time. reiterate. Just don't let them lie to you. They manipulated everything. If you go back to July of this year, pre the Dobbs decision. The prediction was the Republicans should pretty easily win the House. Everything else is a question mark. Then the Dobbs decision, all of a sudden, supposedly the Democrats were going to win the House. Then as we got into August and September, it was like, oh, the polls are tightening. The Democrats have a real shot. And then the last two weeks before the election, it went from the Republicans should take the House to they're going to have 54 seats in the Senate. They're going to win the House by 40. And somehow they're going to unelect Joe Biden in the greatest colossal yeah, tsunami of all time. And at the end of the day, what was said would happen in April and May is exactly what happened. And now it's considered a Democrat victory. Well, we were more, this we're is more called craft. This is called we crafting a narrative two weeks craft, ago. So yeah, craft crafting a narrative. That's what that calls. That's what that's called. Well, that's going to do it for episode one Oh three of justified pursuit. We'll be back uh, again next week as always. Thanks for tuning in for Chisholm Cook. I'm Cable Smith, and we will see you guys soon. Just because the wave is only two feet doesn't mean you can't ride it. Fair point. Just need a longer board. Yeah.